wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to cover the chapters 0 through 5, including the prologue, of <laughs> <laughs> The Dragon Reread, book 3 of The Wheel of Time. In the last book, Egwene finally escaped from her pointless torture porn. Uh, Matt ends up blowing the horn and unleashes murder ghosts that kick the shit out of the Shanchan invaders. Uh, Rand has a Power Ranger giant monster fight and definitely kills Balzaman this time, like 90% sure he's dead. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, probably. And yeah. also, he finally decides that maybe there's something to this Dragon Reborn business and takes his show on the road. That's awesome. it, yeah. yes. So this, yeah, this is, uh, The Dragon Reborn, the... The book we named our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I wasn't sure if we were going to make it here, but we did, you know, so that's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, we're going to start with the, the best way to judge any book. By its cover, <laughs> right. As, as we all know, judge every book by its cover. Yeah. And uh, this cover is like, this has got some magic on it. So first of all, can I, can I, I, I want to ask, what the fuck is Rand wearing here? <laughs> he's wearing a puffy shirt, which is a Seinfeld reference well, for he's wearing, everybody he's wearing, who's less than 35. It, it looks only to me like half the, of his body, right? The... Yeah, it looks to me like the 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 garments that astronauts wear underneath the spacesuit, uh, so that they don't burn up. Yeah, yeah, but only on half his body. What? He goes into space later. You didn't know that? That's book like thirty two or whatever. Wherever that. they yeah. end up at. To me, it looks like he's wearing one of those like eighties leather jackets, like in but in white and like half on, half off. Like he's got it like over one shoulder and like on his arm. Well, so like a members only jacket. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But like only half on. Uh, and he's reaching up for a glowing sword. Which, you know, it's, uh, his sword, didn't he lose his sword? His, his actual uh, Heron uh, sword? He, in the last yeah, book? It, got, it got melted yeah. as he stabbed the devil with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and staring on, agape in wonder, uh, are a dude, I guess, is Perrin. And then we have, uh, who I, I, I assume is Matt? Yeah, I think that's got to be Matt, just because of the other two people that are standing there. He's, like, cosplaying, like, a Victorian dowager, <laughs> which is a bold choice, got you know? Got ruffles around his neck. Yeah, he's, or that could be Min. <laughs> you know, actually, it could I be. I mean, you know, yeah, right? that's a dude, right? I don't know, I don't see him. Min has apple. short hair, and she dresses like a man. But is he wearing? Is he or she wearing breeches? That's the important part. I really we can't, always hear that they're wearing. Tell. She wears breeches. We have to see how tightly it fits on this person's butt. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only way to tell. Uh, so that's. I mean, it's all right. It's not the strongest art we've seen so far, but you know, it's faithful to the book. Yeah. A cover art by Daryl Sweet. Yeah. All right, Daryl. I mean, does you did okay? You get a B. <laughs> yeah. yeah. B. Yeah, solid B. You get a B. Yeah. Uh, there, there is a little quote at the beginning too, um, and his paths shall be many, and who shall know his name? For he shall be born among us many times in many guises, as he has been and ever will be, time without end. His coming shall be like the sharp edge of the plow, turning our lives in furrows from out of the places where we lie in our silence. The breaker of bonds, the forger of chains, the maker of futures, the unshaper of destinies. So, uh, so, the prologue. Now that we covered the preamble, right? It's called Fortress of the Light. It's got the white cloak sun there, uh, and it's all foreshadowing, pretty much. So it it's follows uh, Pedro Nial, who is the leader of the White Cloaks, who I think we just met, right? Yeah, we've heard his name a lot, but I don't think we've ever actually met him before. Right, yeah, and he's just getting the, all the news of what happened in the last book, which is very helpful so that the reader can also <laughs> get the news of what happened in the last book in case they picked up this book. <laughs> and haven't read it a month ago like we is, all did. Is this a thing? I'm, I'm trying to think. Is this a thing that authors still do, or is this kind of fallen out of fashion? I think at the time, it was a lot harder to start 
a long series at the beginning because the bookstore might only have the most recent one. Not to mention that he wrote these once every like two or three years, right? Yeah, like there so was it a huge was gap between them. I think this was definitely written in such a way that it was supposed to be. You're supposed to be able to pick it up in the middle if you wanted to. Uh, although that's not ideal, but that's why all the books have this long recap chunk at the beginning. Yeah, I would say I'd say that there's a lot of that in these the the chapters that we're reading for this. Yeah. today. Yeah, there were in the beginning of the last book too. I agree. Yeah. Do the Song of Ice and Fire books do that? They don't do that nearly as much, and I think it's because the the way those books are published had changed. Mm-hmm. It was you know the Amazon was was there, and it was a lot easier to get the original books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I think the Song of Ice and Fire books don't have as much continuity as these books do. Okay. A lot, they do a lot more introducing new characters. Yeah, this this book picks up, what, maybe a couple weeks after the last one left off, right? Yeah, pretty soon. And yeah. it's like, the people are all just exactly where they left off. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, BR is reporting what happened in the, the that final battle. Yeah, Child Buyer, who is the jerk of the White Cloaks. Yeah. Uh, he, he's back, and he's te- basically telling us the stuff we already know that happened in the last book. Uh, also, he is still mad at Perrin. Yeah, get over it, dude. Yeah. I feel like he's got, like, a little crush on Perrin. Like, he's, <laughs> like, he's definitely doing the... His arms are twice the size of my arms. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and even Pedrin Nial thinks, like, get, get over it, dude. It's just one dark friend, you know? Yeah. There's other dark friends, and he's like, no, no, this guy's real bad. Well, is it that BR is a... Buyer, buy, excuse me. Is it that Bayer is a jerk who's obsessed with him, or is it that this a, is this a Tavaren thing, where all these people are just pulled towards anybody who's Tavaren? It's probably a Tavaren thing. That's, yeah. that's how we explain all coincidences and convenient contrivances. Yeah, yeah I have to say, I'm a little tired of Loyal saying Tavaren. That's pretty much all he says anymore. He's like Hodor. <laughs> just, the, there's the whole conversations going on, and then Loyal will just chip in with, Tavaren. <laughs> Tavaren. <laughs> Tavaren, bro. Yeah, and Bayar, I think Bayar, it, it goes by pretty quick, but he blames Perrin for Bornhald getting destroyed in battle in the last book, which wasn't Perrin's fault, but it was actually like their Sky Scouts or whatever that they, they saw the White Cloaks coming. Yeah. Uh, but he blames Perrin for it because, you know, he saw Perrin. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Pedro Neal gets annoyed with him. He could not keep an edge out of his own voice. A year's planning lay in ruins amid the corpses of a thousand of the children, and Bayer wanted to talk only of this one man. <laughs> this young blacksmith you've only seen twice, this parent from the Tree Rivers. Yeah, somehow you love him already. Yeah. <laughs> it's very romantic. Sometimes you know. It's yeah. just like Elaine. She only met Rand once, I think, and yeah. she's in love with him. And uh, Elsie. Yeah. 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 Talveran. <laughs> Talveran, bro. Uh, yeah, so that Pedro Niel still thinks the Aes Sedai work for the Shanshan. Yeah. Uh, so he doesn't really know what's going on. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, he, well, and I also thought it was interesting how he was skeptical initially about the Aes Sedai because he knows about their oath. He knows that they, despite the fact that, you know, the Tarvalon witches are the worst thing in the world. He's like, but they don't actually yeah. you know, attack people because it's like against their... <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. He still believes them. So when when, when he hears uh, Bayer reporting that there were Aes Sedai, like, actually attacking, he was he, he, he was doubting it. He was like, yeah, so even their enemies uh, are surprised when yeah. they break their oaths. Yeah. Uh, which they didn't do, as we know. The Shanshan just have other channelers that work for them. Uh, and then he has a conversation, Pedronial, with... Uh, Jayachim Karadin? I'm going to say his name that way. Yeah, who's the questioner. Yeah, who is the questioner. And he's the guy that was out there on Elmuth Plain, right? That was 
just doing mysterious stuff that Bornhold didn't understand. Yes, I think he was the one who was making White Cloaks dress up as Damani mm-hmm. and Taravoners to yeah, like to fight each other and yeah, start exactly. wars. Yeah, and this is this this whole conversation struck me as like pretty shady to the point that I thought. Uh, Commander Nile might actually be a dark friend, but you know, I mean, like, probably not. Maybe, maybe, but maybe. Not. It's really hard to. It's, yeah, probably not. It, it's kind of hard to tell because they're they're sort of everywhere. Yeah, but he wants to he wants to do the same thing that I said I are often accused of doing, which is to use the use Rand as a as a what's it, a paper tiger, right? A, a yeah. villain manipulate him so that everybody joins up to fight against Rand, and then they'll all be on his side. Right, and he wants to retake. He wants to take. Amoth Plain as a new nation for the White Cloaks. Yeah, he wants to expand White Cloak control, which is something that you don't have to be a dark front to want to do. You just have to be a jerk White Cloak. True. And, uh, but that's definitely like, he keeps thinking like, I could get, you know, I could get killed for this. I could get hung for this, for not wanting to kill Rand right away. away. Uh, But, uh, so he says that with, um, tells Keridan to do that, tells whatever you do, don't kill Rand, uh, don't kill this guy. Because uh, we're going to use him as our our enemy to to take over the world or whatever. And he makes like a sort of kind of nasty threats. He's like, if 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 Rand dies, you're going to die mysteriously within a within a month or within a week or something like that. Yeah. And then if I die, you're also going to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, he's you know he's a manipulator. Yeah, I guess business is tough for white cloaks. You know, I mean, couldn't he just if this is the plan to expand white cloak power? Couldn't he just like tell everybody that if the white cloaks, this is what we're going to do? Why does he need to hide this? You know, I, I was thinking about that too. I suspect that for a role like the commander of the White Cloaks, there's there's supposed to be like a certain amount of piety, and and the idea of pursuing glory and and power is probably contrary to their their tenets. So while he can definitely do that, and probably lots of people do, saying it overtly is probably one of the things that would like get you killed or tortured or something. Yeah, most, well, yeah, that's what they're they're saying. So then uh, he threatens Caradon. And uh, Caradin leaves, and then he has another conversation. This is a chapter all about Pedroniel having conversations with people. Uh, with Ordeath. <laughs> Which, you know, Ordeath <laughs> or, sounds a, little, a lot like Mordeath, doesn't it? <laughs> it I mean, does, he's not, that... he's not, he's yeah, not uh, this... disguising his name that much. Yes, he, he says, this guy just showed up one day, and, and he became my trusted advisor. <laughs> my name's uh, not Mordeath, it's Ordeath. <laughs> it's actually yeah. Ordeath. I looked it up Ordeath. in the back. Oh, okay, okay. Ordeath. Yeah. Okay. Ordeath. Uh, well, Ordeath seems awfully familiar to the uh, canny reader of the Wheel of Time series. Well, first I thought, oh, Mordeath, but then I started thinking maybe it was Pat and Fame, because he keeps showing up oh. in places. Apparently in the old tongue, Ordeath means wormwood, which I, yes. which is similar to Tolkien, right? He had worm, Grima Worm Yes, tongue. I think that's 100% that. And, and they say that Ordeath has a big nose. Yeah, which, which is something is, they point out about Pat that, and yeah, just, Harry Potter uh, has uh, a worm, a worm, worm tail. To, worm tail. Worm tail. Yeah, I a was worm tail. Of, uh, Lord of the Rings, where they have worm tongue. Yeah. So, just a quick clarification for me: Did Pat and Fane was he infected with more death? Sort of. Pat and Fane is more or less possessed by more death because yeah. sometimes when he's talking, he he slips into more death. Okay. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, so sometimes it's Pat and Fane, the crazy dark friend. Sometimes it's Mordeth. Okay, so it's even more suspicious that his name is Ordeath. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. It is 100% suspicious. Yeah. (laughs) You would think that this uh, canny and tactical uh, Lord Commander of the Children of the Light would be a little suspicious of the guy who shows up, calls himself Wormwood, and has a bunch of information for you. 
Which he doesn't, he isn't super forthcoming about. Like, he shares information, but only when it's convenient in, like, little bits and pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's always, like, smiling like he knows a joke that, that the guy doesn't. And he knows Randolph Thor, the false dragon, which is what they're dedicated to finding mm-hmm. and destroying. Yeah. 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 He's got all kinds of useful information. My, my impression is... It's, it must be some magic thing. Yeah, exactly. My impression is that uh, Mordet slash Patton Fane has, um, has manipulation magic. Like, he's able to, like push people or bend people to, to his will a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So we know that Pat and Fane, if that is who this is... Yeah, sorry. Ordeeth. Yeah. <laughs> Ordeeth is, uh, is, yeah, is manipulating Pedrin Nial now. Uh, and uh, and he brings up specifically that, oh, the Two Rivers is full of dark friends and all super evil. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. So we cut to Keridin, and Keridin goes back to his room, and Keridin totally is a dark friend. Yeah. yeah. Like... Totally. Like, a Mirdral pops up and is like, hey, guy, how you doing? And <laughs> yeah. Karen's like, oh, hey. Yeah. Not great. And he destroys his table. They make a point of saying that Keridin has this amazing table that took a master craftsman took a year to make. Mm-hmm. And then this asshole Mirdral shows up and uses his fingernails to claw it up. Yeah. Maybe really sad. That's pretty that really sad. That's yeah. the saddest thing that happened in this chapter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, that, yeah, someone put a lot of work in that. You know what? Keridin's not a great guy, but he has an appreciation for nice things, and that, we don't just, like, mess it up. Something that was curious to me is uh, they make a point of talking about how Pedri Nial has this very sparse, Spartan-like chamber where he won't even, he won't even get a cushion to... To cushion him, he won't even get <laughs> yeah. a cushion. For and, his, his yeah, butt yeah, for his butt. He's an older guy. But then we go to Keridin, and he has these incredibly lush chambers. Yeah, I thought that was interesting yeah, juxtaposition. I, yeah, definitely. People who are righteous are are often corrupt in these books. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. The so the the Mirdal shows up and says, "You don't work for that guy. You work for this great Lord of the Dark. And what the one thing you've got to do is kill Rand." <laughs> <laughs> so the opposite of what that other guy's saying. That's yeah. what you have to do. Yeah. Poor Keridin's in a dilly of a pickle. Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I think Keridin, by the way, is the man who calls himself Bors. Uh, for what for that's the worth. prologue of the first book. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. He, uh, I, rem- I vaguely remember him talking about the fact that he was, like, really good at concealing um, expression or con- yeah, concealing... Yeah, good at reading people and, and not giving anything away and so forth. And that's something that Nial comments about... So I, I seem to remember from the prologue uh, him mentioning, as, as we discussed, that uh, he's good at you know hiding hiding information or uh, concealing what he's thinking. And uh, Niall comments that Bjar's face rarely expresses anything. So it's like there's a, a little bit of a connection there. But that's mm. two separate people. There's Bjar and then there's Keridin. Oh, wait. No, it was a Keridin. I'm sorry. Now I'm now I'm mixed up. Is Keridin the one that Nial was saying? Keridin is the dark friend who is the head of the questioners. Right, but in this in this prologue, didn't Nial say someone was? Yeah, that was Keridin. That was Keridin. So yeah, it's it's hard to read his his face. Like he doesn't reveal much. Right. Even though once again we return to the question: Why would anybody be a dark friend? The mere drawl threatens his entire family. He says, "I will take one of your blood, a son, a daughter, a sister, an uncle. You will not know who until the chosen has died screaming." <laughs> and he's going to do it every single month until they're all dead, and then he says, I'll take you to Shile Ghoul. You will be years in the dying human. Yeah, it mm-hmm. seems like being Why? a dark friend really it's sucks. Yeah. yeah. There must be some really good, like those sweet masked orgies they got to go to. Yeah. Well, and, and counterpoint, his lodgings, his furnishings are extremely wealthy, so it could be that's the carrot, right? The carrot is 
that he's been he's had this life of wealth up until the moment when it's yeah. called upon and yeah, maybe he wouldn't stay. be in this high position if he if he wasn't a dark friend right that would make a lot of sense to push one of your people to be an undercover agent and head of the questioners yeah or lord of you know some of the shinarins or something like that like our, our right. friend from last yeah, time yeah totally uh so it's good to see what's up with these white cloak characters we just met still suck <laughs> yeah they still suck uh so chapter 1 waiting with the image of ravens. And we get the, the classic intro. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again. In one age, called the third age by some, an age yet to come, an age long past, a wind rose in the mountains of mist. The wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time. But it was a beginning. That's cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I like it. I love it because after that, they continue with, in each book, it's different, talking about where the wind goes. Mm. This time, it's howling through the the, the mountain passes, across half-buried ruins and broken monuments. Just, I think that's super cool. I like that's that. Nice. Yeah. And then it blows uh, Perrin's cloak. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right. actually where it goes. <laughs> uh, and Perrin is there, and this is a... We get a bunch of Perrin chapters, which is fun. Yeah. yeah. No, that's I, new. I remember when I first read these, Perrin was one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Perrin is waiting with the Shinarans in the mountains somewhere, uh, and they're they're waiting for something. And there's a, a spy raven, which uh, Perrin can see because he's got supervision, uh, and he hates having supervision. Uh, yeah, I, I thought know. he had accepted it. His his wolf powers at the end of the last book, but now it seems like he's back to whining yeah, about it again. Yeah, he's taken several steps back. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little frustrating actually, because like we just got, we finally got past the thing where Rand's like, "No, I'm not the dragon. No, my dad is Tam." You know, and now Perrin's like. Yeah. No, I'm not a wolf. I'm no, not a wolf. I'm just a blacksmith. <laughs> but they, uh, they take down the raven. But oh, Real quick, I want to point yeah. something out. Apparently Perrin is dual wielding a longbow and his axe at the same time. Sweet. In one hand he has his axe and the other he has a longbow. And I'm just like, <laughs> he I'm shoots to... his axe with his <laughs> yeah. axe. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, Perrin, that's hardcore. <laughs> well, he's so strong. <laughs> yeah, he's super strong. He's so strong he can, he can use a longbow with one hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's waiting with the Shinarans. Uh, and they're, they've been meeting a series of women who are coming to give info to Moraine, which is wherever they, you know, wherever they are, they're hiding out. Uh, and I want to point out that Uno, who is becoming my favorite character. <laughs> Uno, so named because he only has one eye. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> but he has gotten somewhere a new eye patch. And the eye patch he chose to get is one that is painted with a permanently frowning eye in a fiery red. I'm so glad you pointed this out. What is a frowning eye? Uh, because <laughs> because when you frown like your eyes are one of the only parts of your face that doesn't super move it, they get squinty and there's like uh wrinkles in the corner so is it like this it's like a sad eye it maybe it's like an angry maybe it's an angry eye well, you mean like a the, glaring eye like because that would make way more sense than a frowning eye well, I, yeah you're right the question is I, for me it's do they have the eyebrow above it because eyebrows tell you whether it's angry or worried that's a good that's point, a good point. yeah yeah <laughs> So maybe, so maybe the eye is not so much frowning as the eyebrow above it. I liked that he bought an eye for himself and he got a really angry red eye. <laughs> no, I, I... He could have had anything. He didn't I'm draw really... it himself? Oh, maybe he did. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> he's like, that's just a normal eye. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is what my eye looks like. Looked like. And all more. the people that knew him were like, yep, that's exactly what his eye looked like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love the eye patch, and and they they call attention to it regularly throughout the rest of the book. As far as I can tell, that's why I love it. They're like, oh, and his eye patch again. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, they are meeting a, a series of women, 
Uh, and the next one comes through is a Tuatha'an, a traveler, whose name is Leia. And they're, they're taking Leia, and Le- Leia, like all the other women, just sort of knew that it was time to come and give some info to Moraine. So Moraine is sending them stuff in dreams or something, I don't know. And, uh, and uh, their parent has the same philosophical conversation that he has with everybody, <laughs> with Leia, which is like, oh, I'm, I'm sad about using violence. And she's like, well, you shouldn't use violence. And yeah. he's like, but I have to. Why do you think we're coming back to this this debate? Is it because Robert Jordan wants to r- remind us of this debate, or is it because I think that I think is the same as just how everybody is like thinking about the recent history, so that we, the reader, get a recap. So it's recap, okay? Yeah, he's saying this is what Perrin is. His dilemma is right now the the riddle of steel, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the, whether to use violence or not, right? And uh, Perrin, yeah, is like we said, is ignoring the wolves again. And the wolves are like trying to get through to him for the next few chapters, and he's just ignoring them. Man, this is so lame because he's got he's got like the coolest powers so far, right? Yeah, like of all the people, he's got the coolest superpower. He gets to talk to wolves, and he has supervision and super hearing, and he's like, nah. Yeah, and the wolves are like his friends all the time, no matter how rude he is to them. That's right. He even says like like every time the, the wolves are never strangers. You know, you can meet a wolf for the first time, and they know him, and it's just like that seems pretty sweet. Yeah, mm. but uh, so they. They finally reach the hidden mountain camp of the Dragon Reborn and all of his Shinar and followers, who are all a bunch of soldiers. And we get some pretty cool uh, uh, description of the, the of the setting, too, which I think mm-hmm. is neat. Because we don't usually get a whole lot of that from Robert Jordan. I think he does really well with um, actions. But they describe the area where they are. And one of the cool things about it, the side of a mountain had been carved into the semblance of two towering forms, a man and a woman Perrin thought they might be. Even Moraine claimed to be unsure of what they were supposed to be or when the granite had been cut. I think that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this nice. world is full of history that we just, yeah, it's just like there's only inklings of like what, what was, once was. Yeah. Know? I love when they make references to things from the Age of Legends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. So cool. So chapter two, side in with a image of the dragon's fang. So uh, they take Leia in. Leia goes and meets Moraine. And this is a major recap chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron just sort of looks at everybody he knows and thinks about what he knows about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Min has that power to see the future and and read people. That's cool. Yeah. Speaking of, he has a nice conversation with Min, who is, well, uh, he has a conversation with Min, who, first of all, says that Leia is going to die. He just because she sees she sees things about people and she see, the first thing she sees about her is she's about to die with blood on her face. Man, bummer. Yeah, bummer. And Perrin specifically isn't asking or, or doesn't want to know what Min sees around him, but it seems obvious, right? Yeah, it's I like, mean, Perrin, it's wolf stuff, bro. <laughs> it's, it's probably a wolf. It's probably lots of wolves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we know she sees it because she squints at him periodically and is like, huh, interesting. Yeah, another wolf thing. <laughs> yeah. But he's just like, he, he's so in denial that I, I, yeah, I thought he was through this also. He was. He, like, by the end, he, like, he'd even told a few people and was, was, was kind of embracing the wolfiness mm-hmm. to some degree. And, and, you know, it, it was very helpful <laughs> in lots of, lots of instances. Yeah, and it was, I thought it was clear that he could be friends with wolves and not, turn into a wolf himself, which I guess is what he's worried about. Yeah. He definitely is. Yeah, I feel like there there were there were missing like a uh, some event that that would have turned yeah. turned back the clock a little bit. But well, it's yeah, this, I guess again these books are not meant to be really read back to back. They're meant to be this is sort of meant to be a standalone book, so yeah. mm-hmm. in order to have this dramatic arc of Perrin 
getting over his BS, then <laughs> we have to Which I assume kind of start take over the whole again. damn book or something. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, and Loyal gives us a refresher on Tavarin. <laughs> thanks, <does>. Loyal. Thanks, Loyal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guy who talks about Tavarin. Oh, and Baron thinks, that's Loyal. He talks about Tavarin all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start talking about Tavarin again. <laughs> I'm going to start talking about Tavarin again. <laughs> it's okay. It's a recap. It's fine. Yeah. But uh, so Rand is having had another argument with Moraine, As which has apparently ha- been happening a lot, and Perrin goes to calm him down. Uh, and the argument is, is because there apparently there are people. Uh, coming to Almuth Plain to join the dragon, which happens with all these dragons, but it's happening with him too. And he wants to go join them, lead them, help them, because they're all just getting killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because everybody hates the dragon's followers, the dragon sworn. Uh, but Moraine says, don't do that because you'll just get killed too. That'd be pointless. Uh, and she's right, but he's frustrated. And so Perrin goes to calm him down and... Rand goes a little power crazy with Sidin right there. Yeah, yeah. Per- Perrin tries to make some polite conversation, but Rand is just like, nah. <laughs> He's like, the power fills me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I guess Rand's maybe uh, not doing great. Yeah, so yeah, he's not he's not dealing yet. I yeah. guess this is really hard. It's really hard to stop channeling the power. Yeah. And he kind of, kind of <laughs> causes an earthquake. Yeah. 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 Uh, which is bad. Especially if you're like surrounded by mountains and rocks and stuff, it's yeah, not 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 a deal. Well, don't they also say that people can sense when uh, that channeling is happening? Because we know that that was the case in Falm with the women. Yes, they yeah. can. Yeah, and that, the, the evil true. dark like monsters and stuff totally can. Yeah, I, think, and I think Maureen even mentions that like when in the past when Ran is channeled or when someone's channeled, she she said we shouldn't do that because it lights a beacon for the dark ones. They can see that stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, chapter three, news from the plane, the picture of the Wheel of Time. Uh, Perrin heads back to the the camp that's all shaken up with the earthquake that Ren just caused because he was mad. And we get a whole bunch of um, current events in this chapter, but uh, he has a conversation with Min, and uh, Min says some stuff that I, I, I couldn't help but think of Alice rolling her eyes. <laughs> You're talking about the story about the Illinois? Yes. Yeah, because I was like, is this supposed to be sweet or, like, horrible? Because it sounds like a miserable story. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awful. It's a horrible story about... Uh, I knew this... Did she say she knew the alienaire, or was it just a story? She says she knew her. Yeah, yeah this alienaire who was married to a guy she didn't want to marry. It was uh, an arranged marriage, and she didn't love him. Yeah, and she spent the first five years... Uh, raging at him, and the next five years scheming to make his life awful. And then after he died, she realized he was the love of her life. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. Per- I, was, I was like, did I- she kill him? <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. As she choked the life from him, she's like, oh, I really love this guy. <laughs> well, I mean, Perrin has the exact same reaction I would, which was, I don't see what that has to do with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has to do with anything. I think, well, what Min is talking about, of course, is that she has seen a vision that she's going to fall in love with and marry Rand. Yeah, mm-hmm. even though she doesn't love him, and she doesn't, she doesn't even particularly like him, which is understandable because he's kind of a douche right now. <laughs> yeah, but do we even know that much? I mean, how how many yeah. times have we seen her interacting with him? So when she first meets him, she alludes heavily to the fact that she's that they're going to get together. Sure. And then uh, in the at the end of the last book, when he's down for the count, she's like sitting by him and like staring at him and like. Oh man, it looks like I'm gonna have to marry this this guy. That's right. She like gets in bed with him, right? Yes, yeah, she does. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm I like older men and sophisticated men, but his hair is so soft. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little awkward. But how much time has she actually spent talking to him? 
I guess not much at all, right? Yeah, almost none. Top her in. <laughs> Top her in. <laughs> well, uh, no, at this point, she's been traveling with them, so maybe they've actually talked a little bit. But you're right. That's I mean, they, true. they haven't actually interacted very much at all. Yeah. She yeah. was in the Rand fan club in the last book, though. She was hanging out with Elaine and yeah. uh, Egwene, and I'm sure they yeah, all, all talked about All the young ladies they, in the book. Yeah, yes. I'm sure they all talked about how much they really wanted to bone Randall, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah, so Maureen and Lan come up, and they have a conversation about current events. Uh, I forget why I wrote this, but in my notes, I just put Lan's a badass. Oh, I can t- I can tell you why because I wrote it down. Hold on. <clears throat> yes, oh. Len was tall and hard, broad shouldered, with blue eyes like frozen mountain lakes, and he moved with a deadly grace that made the sword on his hip seem a part of him. It was not that he seemed merely capable of violence and death. This man had tamed violence and death and kept it in his pocket, ready to be loosed in a heartbeat or embraced should Moraine give the word. Be- beside Len, even Uno appeared less dangerous. That's it. That's like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of ridiculous. You didn't, re- you didn't finish it, though. Oh, oh, go ahead. There was a touch of gray in the warder's long hair, held back by a woven leather cord around his forehead. But younger men stepped back from confronting Lan, if they were wise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think we all made note of that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lan walks up and Perrin thinks about how badass he is. <laughs> Damn, that guy's so badass. <laughs> and about his cloak. He thinks about his cloak, Oh, too. yeah. He's got a color-shifting water cloak. Yeah. Right, right. Blends in like the Predator. <laughs> uh, also, you know, uh, this is not a, a key point or anything, but Perrin, once again, has his classic, oh, Rand would know what to do in this situation with the ladies. Oh, yeah. The, we're, we're back to Men's that telling these weird relationships. Uh, kisses him on the cheek or something, and he's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, she's like, you're so sweet. <laughs> but... Friend zone, friend zone, friend zone. <laughs> yeah, I, I think in this case, it's accurate. Like, Min is just talking about her own crap. She wasn't even listening to Perrin. Yeah. So Perrin's like, oh, I don't know what she's talking about. Yeah, but, he, but he's like, but Rand or Matt would know what to say in a situation like this. Yeah, it's true. Because they I always know. know what to say with ladies. I think that's kind of funny. That, I think that's his that attempt at humor. Yeah. It is, but it's like they don't They don't know how insecure time, each other every all time. are. Yeah. 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 Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, we get some current events, and... The, there are white cloaks on Almuth Plain, and they're fighting the Domani and the Terabiners, uh, but they're ignoring the Dragon Sworn, which is weird. This is a very well-informed uh, Tuatha An that they're, they're talking to. Yeah, no kidding. And that tall boys with light eyes are being assassinated. I uh, wonder why. Well, <laughs> yeah. They mentioned a, a new thing that I don't think we've heard of before, right? The Solus? That, that's new, I'm pretty sure. I thought that was the, the name Solus. for the Mirdral. No, that's those are the... What are they? They have a whole bunch of names, but uh, the soulless is a new thing. Yeah, they, they yeah. Sa- they're saying something about how people dying in as if someone snuck up on them in a place where someone couldn't have snuck up on them. Yeah. And then they say, the soulless, and, you know, get all taken aback. Yeah, so these young men with that are tall with light eyes are being killed because Rand appeared in the sky last time and there are a bunch of drawings done of him. Yeah. One of which they allude to, uh, which... Um, Ordith, I think, brings to Pedrin Niall in the, mm. in the prologue. Yeah, so somebody, the White Cloaks aren't trying to kill Rand, but somebody is. Mm-hmm. Nope. So, well, whatever's going on, probably related to that conversation that we had in the last chapter. Yep. Uh, so that they have a, some more conversations, and the only other thing I wanted to note is that I really enjoyed Uno's effort to not swear in front of Moraine. <laughs> yeah, he literally is sweating from the effort of not swearing. Every time he has a, he, he talks, he's just like pouring out these, you know, these curse words. And then, yeah, he's really... I love it. It's he's so really good. trying his best. 
He's blood. Oh, those guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then as soon as she leaves the room, him. he's like, "Bloody cheap fucking goat herder." <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> he's got to have Tourette's. I think he has a little bit of a thing. Yeah, they, they don't know what they don't, he's undiagnosed. You know. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's, but it's tough. Perrin goes to bed after this informative conversation. And then he has yeah. a dream. Yeah. Yay, Chapter dreams. four: Shadow sleeping uh, with a picture of a wolf. So it's uh, another dream chapter. Uh, at least this isn't one of those devil dreams where Balzavon just rants at him. Yeah. It sort of is. I mean, a little bit, right? I guess it is. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was like, we, we've been to this dream before, but yeah. I mean, before it was Rand, I guess. Yeah, we get some vignettes where uh, Perrin's in an inn, and uh, a creepy dude that he kind of recognizes but kind of doesn't tries to get him to drink some wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some blood red wine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I I think that's supposed to be Balzamon. I'm pretty sure it's Balzamon, yeah. Yeah. Because I think he mentions that when he moves, he's... He acts like he's injured. Like he has right. a, a wound. Yeah, because Rand stabbed him. Right. Because he, he sheathed the sword in his flesh. Right. And then there's another vignette where a beautiful lady tries to get Perrin to seek glory and drink some wine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably Lanfer, I'm guessing. Um, yeah, pretty sure like the Forsaken are running a train on him in <laughs> <Our> dreams. <laughs> like, like, tag teaming up. <laughs> but, we're, but we're not sure because we don't know how good she smells. Which <laughs> is like the number and, one and characteristic. Know, right? Yeah, he would. That's right. With his wolf nose. Yeah. She smells spicy. <laughs> spicy and delicious. I mean, right. Yeah. But she is the most beautiful lady ever. And now that he's seen her, all the other women look clumsy and, <laughs> and misshapen, I think he says. <laughs> misshapen. Holy crap. It's like, really, guy? Ill shaped. Not misshapen. Okay. Ill shaped. Clumsy and ill shaped. There's a difference. That's Holy not crap. that much difference. <laughs> uh, but then we get another vignette. And I think this one's like one he's not supposed to get, where he, he's in a mystery world of, of strange platforms and. The alternate dimension stuff, and he sees some people meeting each other. It sounds sort of like the the ways. I think they're they're talking about places where there are platforms on top of platforms. Yeah. Be able to be. Uh, and these people that are meeting each other have an argument, and then one of them explodes. <laughs> it, it, so so there's uh, one one of the people is someone in golden armor, right? Is that? It sounds like that might be. Uh, it's might supposed to be like a past version of him or something, maybe. Because I, I think he's looking in the mirror and he's oh, wearing yeah, gold armor, right? That's what I thought. In the, in the, the Lanfear part, he's, she has him wearing this golden armor because she's all like, seek glory. And he's wearing like lion armor. Because that's how she gets which, dudes. Why is she it lion armor instead of wolf armor? Because he's from Andor. I think that's it. Oh, okay. All right. And maybe, um, does she even know about the wolf thing? Oh, maybe mm-hmm. not. Yeah. But the, but the one he sees down below, when they describe him, it sounds like stocky and wearing golden armor. I was wondering if it's supposed to be like a, a previous incarnation of Perrin. Yeah, I think... Uh, we don't know who these people are for the most part. Yeah. This yeah. is all foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but uh, they have an argument. Um, and then he has a dream about a, a crystal sword that cannot be touched. Uh, and he says he's had this dream over and over again. It's like there's a floating crystal sword, just like on the cover of the book. <laughs> and he keeps trying to touch it, and he can't. And he like... can't, like his hand hits something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But then a wolf shows up and warns him. The twisted ones come. And he gets so upset about it. But come on, this wolf is giving you a warning. He's trying yeah. to save your life. This guy, yeah, this wolf is on your side. And it's really cool. It's a wolf. Yeah. Like, 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 is this book just going to be Perrin doing Rand's whole, no, Tan's my dad. Except, you know, with like, no, I'm not a wolf. 100%. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. what I'm feeling. Hey, bro, the twisted ones are coming. No, I won't let you in. That's fine, bro. But seriously, <laughs> the twisted ones are coming. Let's set that aside for now, bro. <laughs> uh, so that wakes him up. Chapter five, Nightmare is Walking. Icon of the Trollocs. So, speaking of, there's a Trolloc attack! Uh-oh. And then Perrin charges out, and finally, 
listens to the wolf and he charges out of his cabin and there's and uh he's about to warn everybody but then land gets there first <laughs> yeah because land's so badass because land is so cool and can i this is hilarious it says that the shinarans come out garbed for sleep which meant for most meant none at all but with swords ready so he's surrounded <laughs> by a bunch of naked dudes with swords which <laughs> yeah, is awesome right. i mean Perrin's ah. basically naked too he's in like his small clothes which i assume is just like a little thong or something like a tiny little wooden thong that's what I envision for their small clothes. I don't know if they wore thongs. You don't think they wore thongs? With, like leather. I mean, I we, the books don't really go into this at any point, but I'm pretty sure they're more of boxers. I don't oh. think you would want leather next to your bits. Oh. Well, li- sorry, linen. Sorry, linen. Okay. Linen. Yeah. Yeah, leather, leather thong. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty rough trade for parents. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Look, you don't know what it's like in the two rivers. <laughs> it's important, <laughs> important to keep yourself well secured. <laughs> So he's wearing some linen underwear, and he goes, like, fighting yeah. a mirror troll. Yeah, he goes to fight. Uh, yeah, Lan warns everybody so they're not totally dead. Because uh, Lan, of course, is super badass, and he has a, the ability to sense evil right. people nearby, evil creatures. Right. Uh, there's a big old battle uh, in which, of course, like, what, is it, what does it say? Like, wherever Lan went, Trollocs died. It was yeah. a dance of death. D- died screaming. And th- yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so And so forth. Where the warder danced, Trollocs screamed and died. Yeah, <laughs> he seemed to dance from one to another, man and sword flowing like wind or water. <laughs> <laughs> Such a badass. Such a badass. Uh, but, uh, unfortunately, uh, Perrin is trying to make his way over to protect Leia. Uh, and she dies. He gets killed by a Myrdral. Uh, he manages to kill a Trolloc on his own, but uh, then the Myrdral gets her. And uh, he goes crazy. He yeah, becomes like, young bull. It's like you done fucked up, man. You shouldn't have, shouldn't have killed Leia. Yeah, so he goes from zero to sixty on this wolf. Thing. Yeah, uh, and the chapter refers to him as young bull from from then on until he comes back from wolf mode. Which I, I, again, I love how uh, he writes action scenes. These are great. These fight scenes are so much fun. Yeah, yeah, and he like. He kills the murder all the, the way a wolf does by hamstringing him and then cutting his throat. I know, yeah, it's great. He, he doesn't have teeth, but he has his he has his steel horns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, super cool. And killing Mirdral is like a big deal. I I, I think that uh, what Lan Lan has killed a couple, but they're always a, a tough fight. Yeah, and Rand has never killed a Mirdral, right? No, he hasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, like Ingtar did once. Yeah, and of course Tom Marilyn did once. Uh, he didn't kill that guy. He didn't kill it. Oh, he just he got did. away. Oh, yeah, okay. the Mirdral beat him and he's just survived. And the Mirdral gives us a cool metaphor. And I didn't realize that Mirdral no metaphors. <laughs> but he tells Perrin, cut one leg of the tripod and all fall down. And I assume the tripod is the three boys from yeah, the two rivers. Oh, I thought that was what they called Perrin because of his huge <laughs> <laughs> sword. His huge sword. sword. sword yeah. His axe, sorry. The it's, one he sheathes. Yeah. Yeah, so the Mirdral saying, kid, I'm going to cut your dick off. <laughs> Does that sound like something a mirror would say? It's pretty intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he's always talking about torture, I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah, super badass. Young bull, he 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 runs around with the wolves and like he they, they work in a pack and they isolate the Trollocs and kill them one after the other mm-hmm. and bring right. them down. They don't they're not fighting, they're killing. Yeah, they do it over and over again until there's none left. Oh, I love this line. They talk about the wolves. There was no honor in the way they fought, no glory, no mercy. They had not come for battle but to kill. Yeah. I love that. Right. Oh, Very so cool. Uh, and then the fight's over. Uh, and except for um, a sad pack of wolves chasing a Meridol off somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> But Perrin, like, well, there's a pack of wolves, and they they all they almost all die except for one. But they manage to bring down the mirror draw, and then the the last one that's living out there in the wilderness somewhere howls, and Perrin howls with them. 
right after the battle's over. Yeah. And he's looking at him. <laughs> and everyone's there like, whoa, hey. <laughs> yeah. And Lan's all like, there's nothing to see here. That's just, uh, he's, um, he's a Manetheran. That's a Manetheran thing. Like, they howl sometimes. <laughs> sometimes right. people with Manetheran blood, they howl. <laughs> because Lan is even badass at social situations. <laughs> That's right. He covers for him. <laughs> it's very bro, Lan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they, the fight's over. They clean up all the corpses. And they even, uh, and Perrin... <laughs> Not suspiciously at all says, no, you can't skin the wolves. You have to bury them because they helped us. And everyone's like, all right, cool. You're, yeah. you're down with the wolves. Okay, we got it. That's fine. <laughs> Nothing weird about the wolves or anything, but I won't let you do anything. <laughs> so Baron and Min go find Rand. And Rand was struggling with the one power for this whole fight. Mm-hmm. You know, like for someone who just like embraced his dragoness, he's not super useful, is he? He's no. not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's hard to do. He's never done it before, right? You know what? I mean... Get with the program, man. You know, <laughs> he's going to be having to fight the Dark One pretty soon, as I yeah. understand it. So that's why trees were blowing up during this fight. Because <laughs> he kept not being able to shoot yeah. the right things. Yeah, because he kept burning them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Moraine is, uh, she heals everybody that she can that's still alive. <laughs> and turns to her and says, I heal the wolves too. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought no that reason. was kind of sweet. I thought that was sweet too. I, I thought that was cool. Like, she actually, you know, she actually cares. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, they know what's up. You yeah. know, she, they're they're... The door is open and he can come out of that closet anytime he wants. Right. <laughs> but Min still doesn't know, right? Like, I'm trying to think. Of course she knows. She sees it about him all the time. Well, yeah. he's, but he's constantly like, well, I don't want Min to find out. You know, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. She probably knows. That's, yeah, that's, this is the part where I was thinking that, like, somebody needs to sit down with him and it's like, everybody knows. <laughs> I mean, they even make the point in one of the books of letting us know that he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Yeah, he thinks he is. He always thinks like, well, I'm slow, but that doesn't mean I'm stupid. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who, I, 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 like, Lan and Maureen know, obviously. Min probably knows. Does Rand know about the wolf thing? I can't remember. I think Rand is so wrapped up in himself, he doesn't realize. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the Shinarans know there's something up with him, but they just don't ask questions. They're like, oh yeah, he just sees and smells really well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for some reason. Because for a while he was passing as a sniffer, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Ingtar knew about the wolves. That's right. Pittingtar's yeah. dead. Yeah. So Rand is there, and he is bleeding, even though he wasn't in the fight, because that wound that he took from Baal Zaman's evil staff uh, never uh, has never healed up. And uh, Moraine tries to heal it, but she can't heal it. Yeah. So And then she faints. Yeah. Because she's all tuckered out. Uh, and Rand is acting super crazy. Yep. That madness is just... Uh... Real problem. <laughs> yeah. I like it. At the end there, we finally have somebody telling Rand to do what's what. Rand is going, oh, nobody can trust me, blah, blah, Maybe I'm going to kill everyone. <laughs> Pull yourself together, sheep herder, Lan said harshly. The whole world rides on your shoulders. Remember you're a man and do what needs to be done. That's great. <laughs> kind of slapping yeah. him around a little bit. Like, dude, nice. just chill it out. Just yeah. get the thing done. Yeah, yeah, stop being emo, be a man. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. That's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters 6 through 12 of The Dragon Reread. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. And please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews on whatever service you got this from. Uh, please like us in real life. We're very likable. <laughs> Until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.